Welcome back. So this is episode number two of a series of two episodes that I'm re-airing. The first was on the centrality of the gospel and its need to be front and center and present in all of our readings and all of our studies and in just our life in general. The second one is on the word hevel and just what that word means. It's in the title of my podcast, but it's also one of the key words to the book of Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes is one of the two books that we're going to be covering in our next concurrent study, which I'm calling Worldly Hevel, Joy in Christ, a concurrent study of the books of Philippians and Ecclesiastes. So Philippians is in the New Testament. It's a letter written by Paul. And Ecclesiastes is in the Old Testament. It's usually attributed to the king of Solomon, David's son. And so before we dive into that study full bore, I wanted to take time to go up and re-air two episodes that I thought were kind of pertinent to diving into that. So I hope you enjoy. I hope it's a good refresher if you've heard it before. And if you haven't heard it before, then I hope that it just helps you grow. In Hebrew, the word hevel is often translated as vanity, meaninglessness, or futility. The word literally means vapor or breath. It's something that seems tangible and attainable, but it ends up being empty and hollow. In a world under the sun, it's the fraudulent chase after useless idols. This podcast aims to raise our gaze toward the heavens, to show how the Bible displays the glory of a God that stands above the sun, a God who is truth and light, who is fulfilling and life-giving. Our biblical discussions aim to reorient our focus from the shadows of this world toward a biblically eternal perspective. From Hevel to Eternity. Welcome back to From Hevel to Eternity. I'm Brian, and this is my Bible study podcast. I was initially planning on continuing through the Minor Prophets this week, doing two episodes on the book of Amos. But, you know, new dad brain and all, I completely forgot Thursday was Thanksgiving. So in light of that, I'm going to only release one episode this week, and then next week we'll go back into the Monday and Thursday format. If the intro sounded familiar, that's because it was part of my pilot episode. Since that episode, I have gotten a number of questions about the title, what the word hevel really means, and where it shows up in the scriptures. I did a short blog post on the word hevel way back in June, but I want to focus a full podcast episode on it. Some of this episode will be a recap of that blog post, but I felt I wasn't able to expand on the word and its cross-references the way that I really wanted to there, so hopefully this time will be fruitful for us. It should be a pretty short episode, though. This week seemed an appropriate time to do this. At this time, when we focus on our blessings and what we are thankful for, often centering around our family and sometimes material gifts, it can be humbling and helpful to remember that all of our blessings stem from God and that our number one thanksgiving should be to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.
So when I first picked up the Bible, it was confusing and foreign to me. One of the things that I tried to do to clear up something was when I found words or verses that I didn't fully grasp, I would read multiple Bible translations. I currently flip back and forth between about seven different versions. The vast majority of the time, the translations are the same or they're very, very close. But there are times when the translators choose different words across the board. These situations become context clues to me, and as I started to interact with the Hebrew and the Greek that the Bible was originally written in more and more, I learned that whenever I came across words that were translated differently, it would be beneficial to go back to the original language. It's not that any of the translation choices were wrong, but just that only one word didn't provide the full picture. Going back to the Hebrew or the Greek allowed me to get a more vivid and robust image in my head of what God was relaying to me. One of those words that I gravitated toward was hevel. This Hebrew word had a depth to it that I had never contemplated before. Another of these words was shema. This episode I'll focus on hevel, and maybe I'll devote a future episode to shema. The word hevel is found throughout the Old Testament texts. It actually shows up like 70 times in the Old Testament in approximately 62 different verses. It is found most frequently in a set of books collectively labeled as wisdom literature, with a greater focus on the books of Job, Psalms, and Ecclesiastes. 37 times alone it appears in 12 short chapters of Ecclesiastes. Depending on your translation and which verse verse you're looking at, this word gets translated as a lot of things. Vanity, meaningless, delusion, emptiness, fraud, futility, idols, worthless, nothing, fleeting, and mere breath are some of the English words that are chosen for this Hebrew word. Any one of those words paints a single brushstroke, but the full painting is so much more vibrant. Literally, the word hevel means vapor or breath, though it rarely presents itself literally. Most frequently, it is used metaphorically. Willem van Gemmeren says, This word functions as a metaphor for insubstantial because false. It is sometimes used to describe false claims, unsubstantiated claims, something of overinflated value, or to use a modern word, fake news. Hevel is something appearing tangible and real and solid for a moment, but then vanishing into nothingness, like breath on an icy cold morning. The image of Hevel as smoke or vapor also resonates with me because it presents as this thing that seems within our grasp. It seems like it can be caught, like we can reach out and touch it, but that always escapes through our fingers when we try to clutch our fist. It looks worth chasing and pursuing, but it's full of empty promises and temporary substance. Hevel, Hevel, says the preacher. Hevel, Hevel, all is Hevel. Ecclesiastes 1-2 I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is Hevel, and a chasing after wind. Ecclesiastes 1-14 I said in my heart, Come now, I will test you with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure. And behold, this was also Hevel. Ecclesiastes 2-1 Then I looked at all the works that my hands had worked and all the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was hevel and a chasing after wind, and there was no profit under the sun. Ecclesiastes 2.11 
Then I saw all the labor and achievement that is the envy of a man's neighbor. This also is hevel and a striving after wind. Ecclesiastes 4.4 He who loves silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is hevel. Ecclesiastes 5.10 In the book of Ecclesiastes, the word hevel is often used to describe the pursuit and attainment of worldly pleasures and possessions. These things we reach after, that we drive our life towards, and yet upon attainment those things which seem hollow. Things that can drive our lifestyles and our ambitions but fall short of providing us with fulfillment. It is chasing or striving after the wind. King Solomon is the author of Ecclesiastes. Solomon was one of the wisest and wealthiest men to walk the planet. His wisdom was granted to him from God, and he utilized it in part to accumulate wealth at really an unparalleled level. You really see his lavish lifestyle come out as you read the book of Ecclesiastes. While you and I might plant gardens, Solomon planted forests. While you and I might throw parties that require a few Chick-fil-A platters, Solomon throw, throws parties that require thousands of animals to be prepared. Dude is on a whole different level. He paints a picture of a world under the sun where you can seek after and attain everything you work for and yet still find it empty. The point isn't so that we look at the world and feel worthless or meaningless. Ecclesiastes 5.7 says, For in the multitude of dreams, hevel, as well as in many words, but you must fear God. The point is that we should look instead to God. Solomon investigated all manner of things. He did all manner of worldly things and purchased everything someone could ever want. His findings were that no matter how much power, wisdom, or riches you have, everything falls short of the richness and fullness that God can provide. This is why the Apostle Paul prays for the church at Ephesus to know Christ's love which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And why John writes in his gospel account that from his fullness we all received grace upon grace. For the customs of the peoples are hevel, for one cuts a tree out of the forest the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. Jeremiah 10.3 But they are together brutish and foolish. The instruction of hevel, it is but a stock. Jeremiah 10.8 They are hevel, a work of delusion. In the time of their visitation they shall perish. Jeremiah 10.15 Are there any among the hevel of the nations who can cause rain? Or can the sky give showers? Aren't you he, Yahweh, our God? Therefore we will wait for you, for you have made all these things. Jeremiah 14.22 In the book of Jeremiah, hevel shows up synonymous with false idols that might appear physically tangible, but they exist as a hollow reality. They become things we create to fill the void that only can be filled by God. Throughout the wisdom literature, we also see hevel used as an image of temporariness or a hollowness. So how can you comfort me with hevel? Because in your answers there remains only falsehood. Job 21.34 Therefore Job opens his mouth with hevel talk, and he multiplies words without knowledge. Job 35.16 
And the psalmist in Psalm 31.6 sums it up well. I hate those who regard lying hevel, but I trust in Yahweh. So, Hevel is a description of this thing that looks tangible, that we want to reach for, that we oftentimes seek to find our identity in. This thing that will never be fully attainable. The material things we collect are possessions. The prestige of being successful, of making it. The pride of having status, of being respected. And the excitement of attention or thrill-seeking can all fall under the category of Hevel. None of these things are inherently wrong, and some can even provide short-term enjoyment. But when we build our lives around attaining these things, then every time you think you have a solid grip on them, they'll slip through your grasp like smoke or vapor. Fulfillment will escape you because there are always more successes, more respect, more adventure, more possessions to be had. There will be no lasting satisfaction, no lasting joy. There can't be because the finish line is constantly moving on you. Here's the kicker. We are always hungry for more than we can attain in this world because we were never meant to be fulfilled by the things of this world. The conclusion I keep reaching towards as I read through this word is that there is something worth seeking after that is firm and solid and truth and life and rises above the sun. Chasing after the one true son, Jesus, who provides the antithesis of heaven. He existed in the beginning with God and will return in glory to reign forever and ever. Through his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus has made a way for us to experience forgiveness of sins and a right relationship with God. Turning our faith toward him alone grants us eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. It's a contrast, right? The folly of finding fulfillment in things under the sun against the peace of finding identity as a follower of Jesus. So seek Jesus. He is the way, the truth, the life, and in a world of temporary he is permanent. Hopefully you found this short episode fruitful. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses were from the World English Bible Translation, which is in the public domain. When reading through those verses, though, whenever I came across the word hevel translated into English, I only read the Hebrew word, not the English word. Until next time, I love y'all.